And here we go. Welcome back. This is the Ball and Roll Pick'em Pod. We are recording this a couple of hours before the Lakers Heat game. So if the Lakers have won, congrats to the Lakers. If the Heat win, damn Jimmy, the small business owner, is a bad man. Anyways, lots to discuss today. As always, be sure to check out ballandroll.com for the best basketball content on the web. Shop.ballandroll.com for the hottest basketball merch on the web. Let's get after it. Kevin, I usually ask you how you're doing, but today's a special occasion. We found something special here. John, you were so wrong last week that you made Kevin money. How yep. are you doing? How were you so wrong last week with your picks? Okay, let me just throw this record out there first. He was, in a week, 5-0-1. 5 and one. Five, oh, and one And one of them was a parlay. This is near to impossible. He did it. John, you're our golden goose. You know, did it. I think, especially for sports where I don't know much like football, my picks are just completely terrible. So I'm glad that Kevin is benefiting from my uh, bad picks. But I don't know, man. I I, I, can we call this a talent? Like, is it a talent to be like completely wrong? Yes, it was 100% the talent. It was atrocious, and you did it. It was absolutely atrocious. And John, because do you, do you understand? Have a they're, they're, yeah, Kevin, our our yeah. this podcast is not getting stale because we just pulled out a sta- we pulled out a new segment. Yeah, no, John, John, just so you know, like there's people in this world, like uh, mathematicians, who come up with algorithms which factor in like. The weather, the precipitation, the type of wind that day, you know, what kind of injuries there are, what kind of yeah. offense these guys run, what kind of rivalries they have in order to figure out, like, how to beat a spread. John, you, we asked you, uh, what was it, Tampa Bay versus Chicago? And you were like, isn't Tampa Bay the one with Tom Tom Brady in it? And like, yeah. And then you said, take Tampa. So we took Chicago. And it worked. Well, I took Chicago. And it worked. It was yeah. incredible. No, nobody would have guessed that. You're, you know, you're, it's a talent. It's a talent, John. Have you guys heard of that? Uh, there's that squid that predicts the yes. Super Bowl like every year. Yes. Am I just like getting yeah. on that level of that squid where I can just like yeah. predict games, but like wrong, wrong predictions? Jesus, I mean, ball and roll pick has our, this is our squid. John is our Super Bowl squid. I'm, 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 I couldn't be more ecstatic, John. Like, you hey, don't understand. Uh, I, I wish I was as talented as you. Like, no cap, all jokes aside, I wish I was as talented as you. Like, that, that's honestly a talent. People, when they try to make picks, they're like, they're maybe 60%, 70% right. Right? Mm-hmm. That's the best case scenario. Dude, you're 100% right. Mm. I mean, 100% well, wrong, which is 100% you know, right. It could be, it could change tonight because I got the Lakers winning tonight and we don't know what's going to happen there, but. You know what? Okay. If if win. people start profiting off of this, like if our listeners are starting to profit of, off of this, I think they got to start cutting me a check, man. Because if it's if this win rate keeps up, like people are gonna be making money like crazy. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. I told I told Richard to secure you to like a four year, five hundred million dollar contract. <laughs> a six, fifth year being of course a team option because yeah, I like friendly contracts to benefit the team. Um, exactly. Kev. <laughs> One thing I'm worried about right now is I feel like we we might be jinxing it by continuing yeah. to talk about this. So should we should we now move I on? Think, I don't believe in jinx. 
Jinx is not a okay. thing. Okay. Fair. I mean, it hasn't proven any factors so far, so. Yeah, no, John said, John said, I asked John today, so Miami versus Lakers. Lakers are favored by seven, I think seven or 7.5 points. Yeah, John said seven. Lakers, so I took Miami. My, uh, Miami, they don't have to win. They just have to lose by less than seven points. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. it, but I, I hope Miami wins, you know, considering that I'm wearing the Jimmy Butler uh, Chicago Bulls jersey, so I'm vicariously there with Jimmy Jimmy G buckets. And you said a small business owner. I don't know what kind of small business uh, sells twenty dollar medium cups of coffee and forty dollar large cups of coffee to professional athletes with that over mean, hundreds and hundreds and thousands of Instagram followers. I, I mean, saying, he's a mogul. Look, he operates out of a hotel room, so until that expands. It's a small yeah. business, and and for the scenario- paid for by the NBA. Fair, okay. No, Joe you're right. He, he should be the NBA should be asking for a check from Jimmy because he's profiting off of uh, that bubble experience. That's not yep. Well, not the anyways, NBA already profits off off their athletes already. We don't need more. That's true. That's true. I I, I retract my statement. <laughs> Anyways, I feel like that was a really good segue into the NBA Finals from gambling to the NBA Finals. So game five goes in a couple of hours. The Lakers lead the series three to one. Kevin, you tried everything for the Miami Heat to win. You're wearing a Jimmy Butler jersey. You you use reverse psychology. Kevin, how can the Heat what what more can the Heat do to overcome this unsurmountable deficit? All right, so l- let me just say one thing to start, okay? Uh, I think it was before game four. No, game before game three when uh, uh, we recorded the last podcast. And I, up to that point, I was trying the whole reverse psychology. And I said, you know what? Let me drop that. I'm going to follow my heart. And I said, I want Miami to win from now onwards. You know, just changing the narrative. And they ended up getting the first one of the series, which is crazy. The fact that Miami even was able to get a win against this uh, this Herculean team of LeBron James and Anthony Davis and Caldwell Pope, who's playing like Steph Curry out there, Rajon Rondo, who's playing like the 08 Celtics Rajon Rondo right now. Uh, it, it's it's absolutely bonkers. But And Jimmy Butler, 40-point triple-double. You know, Tyler Hero stepping up here and there. Duncan Robinson stepping here and there. And now we have Bam Adebayo coming back. And I'm not saying it's going to be uh, like it, I'm going to give it to Miami right away. It, more than likely, Lakers will win. But like, deep down in my heart, I have a feeling Miami's going to take tonight. I, everyone's writing them off. I'm not sure if you remember Spurs versus Miami. I think it was LeBron's first uh, for, first time in the finals with Miami. And then they had the whole celebration uh, towards the end of it. And then Spurs came back and slapped Miami around with their little dicks. Anyways, but um, I LeBron seems focused. LeBron seems focused. But I saw a video yesterday of LeBron playing... Uh, Madden with Jared Dudley, who's played zero. Actually, no, he's played 30 seconds in the final so far. So maybe their, you know, mental sort of feng shui might be off, whatever it is. And, you know, Miami Heat had quite a bit of rest. And Bam's probably, his neck boo-boo's probably feeling a little better. Jimmy's ankles are probably feeling better. Jimmy probably sat down with Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero and said, yo, just play like you guys have been playing before. So I think the over-under line is set at like 216 tonight. I think it's going to hit an over, first of all. I think Miami's going to actually hit, sh- shoot their shots tonight and hit a lot of their shots. And that they're just going to hit more shots than 
Lakers and win that game. Yeah, I, I, I feel like you make a really good point there. If the Miami Heat do hit more shots than the Lakers, I feel like they yeah. have a really good chance of winning this game. Yeah. Exactly. And, no, I, try it this way. If the Lakers <laughs> hit less shots than Miami, Miami yeah. won. See, that, mm. that, ha- that it's possible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lakers, so here's the thing. Here's the mm. thing. This will, like, turn your brain to mush. But the Lakers could still win this game. Like, I'm not even kidding. They could still win this game <laughs> if they hit shots. Yeah, basketball 101. They can. <laughs> you can shoot more threes and hit more threes and miss more twos. That's essentially the Raptors series. The Raptors are, like, killing it from the paint for, like, in game one. They outscored the Celtics in the paint by, like, 20 and lose by, like, 20. So... Just so you know, it's still possible to get outshot and still win a game. But, uh, John, how, how are you feeling about this series as a whole? And how confident are you that there's going to be a game six after tonight? You know, I woke up this morning. I, I was just thinking about the series, and I was thinking Lakers are probably going to take it tonight, you know. The, that last game especially was just so dominant for the Lakers. Everybody was clicking on all cylinders. You know, KCP stepping up. Our boy Danny Green, he's hitting shots now. Even Kyle Kuzma, like I guess the Lakers fans have probably uh, taken down that uh, that uh, petition that they had for Kyle Kuzma to not get a ring because he's starting to show up in the finals. And then you got Rajon Rondo and Markeith Morris chipping in too. Everything's clicking right now for the Lakers. But you know what? Just like maybe 10 minutes before we started recording this podcast, I got a little bit of a migraine. So I got a I got an Advil and I just popped that real quick and now I'm here. But I'm taking that migraine as a little bit of a sign that maybe something, something's gonna happen in this game versus uh the Lakers. Um, I don't know if you guys know, but Scottie Pippen he had a migraine game in the playoffs in uh that Detroit series. I think it was the second time the Bulls played Detroit. I don't remember anymore, but I wasn't even alive to see see it. But uh. I'm just trying to remember from the last dance anyway, but I'm just taking this <laughs> migraine as like a sign that maybe something's going to happen, you know, like, I don't know, is it going to be like an AC, uh, an air conditioning type of malfunction oh, when, and then no. LeBron's going to get a cramp? I don't know. I feel oh, like something no. freak is going to happen tonight. And I'm just taking that migraine as a sign. And you know what? Maybe I'm just buying in too much into this like Oracle talk about me being able to predict things, but I've always seen basketball in a pretty realistic and, uh, I guess, a, a more analytic way than most people anyway. And the the brain of me is telling me that the Lakers are going to win this series, but my heart is telling me that something weird is going to happen tonight and maybe the Miami Heat will pull, pull something through. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, first of all, I'm glad you woke up in the morning. Um, yep. Uh, second i also feel like danny green has had his one token good nba finals game in game four where he shot four for eight now he's gonna go back to being doo-doo so maybe maybe the lakers uh the miami heat now have a chance and also i feel like an x factor that nobody's talking about in this entire final series is the guy that draymond green talked about which is jay crowder 
So I don't know if you guys know this, but if you were scrolling through Twitter a few days ago, no one was talking about Jay Crowder. Nobody even cared about Jay Crowder. But then like Draymond Green out of nowhere, like tweets out going like the lack of talk slash love about Jay Crowder during this bubble is an embarrassment of the integrity of the game of basketball. So Jay Crowder's going off for 50 today and the Miami Heat might might win this game if he scores 50. If he doesn't score 50, the Lakers are going to win five. I think I think it's a done deal tonight, though. I think the Lakers are going to close this out. LeBron James seems super focused. The Miami Heat have had zero answer for Anthony Davis, as did nobody, and like everybody else. No one in this entire playoff run has had a single answer for Anthony Davis. And like every like every single game, some like extra guy comes up big for for the Los Angeles Lakers, and the Miami Heat just can't handle all of it. Like Rajon Rondo has been really good throughout these playoffs, but then like one game you have like Danny Green playing well, and then another game you have like the KCP game. You know, like Kyle Kuzma steps up in one game. So I just think like there's just a lot of talent here, and I don't know if Miami can do it, especially without Goran Dragic because. Kendrick Nunn has looked absolutely horrible so far. Duncan Robinson hasn't looked good. Tyler Hero has been, like, hit or miss. Like, Bam Adebayo has obviously missed a game. Um, like, Jimmy Butler is going to have to play out of his mind tonight for anything good to happen for the Miami Heat. So I hope he, I hope he drinks an extra large coffee of his. And um, I, don't, I don't know. I don't really see it. Like, mm-hmm. I, Congratulations to the Lakers. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I just personally, I just don't know how the Miami Heat can pull out another game based on how this this series has gone. Like, game four felt like Miami could have won that game, and they couldn't pull it out, you know? Yeah. So, like, here's a question for you, Kev. Like, what are the keys for both teams? One, first question, let's go with Miami first. What are the keys for Miami to win tonight's game? What are the keys for the Lakers to win tonight's game? As cliche as it sounds, just because of how much Mark Jackson has echoed it, Jimmy Butler has to stay aggressive. And just like you said, Jimmy needs to play out of his mind. He need like he needs to put up forty point triple double and a few steals and a few blocks in order for Miami to win. And by that few like the at least ten assists that he contributes with, it has to be with guys who finish the three point shots. Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero, both of these are. Guys are completely capable of shooting the lights out because you, you've seen it in games prior to this where they where they performed, you know, uh, and it's more sporadically, you know, one person uh, plays really well one game, the other person plays well, really well in the other game, whatever it is, but they both need to play really well tonight. And Jay Crowder, yeah, sure, we can trash talk him all he all we want, but at the same time, like he is very valuable for that team in in, in the defensive schemes and also being able to step outside and hit the three. Iguodala has to hit threes. You know, Bam Adebayo being back is very good. And last game, it was really, you knew he was ailing a little bit uh, because, you know, when he's putting up his shots, his form looks off, his free throws looks off. But I hope the few days rest really helped him up. But they need to play the perfect game of basketball. That's the only way they're going to beat a team like Lakers. I mean, you can try to sh- cut off one one head of the Lakers, but another head pops out from somewhere else. The only way they were able to beat the Lakers in la- uh, two games ago was because Anthony Davis got in foul trouble and didn't play a lot of the game, and he was kind of forced to be, not be as aggressive as he would be able to without that many fouls, right? So, yeah, my, my key to the game, they 
Miami just needs to play aggressive. Just go out there and just shoot the lights up. And that one one layup where Tyler Hero drove it up. And I forgot who was beside him. I think it was Anthony Davis or somebody who yeah, was trying was. to block him from behind. Yeah. And then it was a clear layup or a clear dunking. He's capable of dunking. We know that. But he yeah. needs to put that ball in. Like, he tried to do the whole, um, like, finesse it off the glass, trying to avoid mm-hmm. the block. But don't, don't worry about that. I mean, if you go hard up, you there's a chance you might get a fo- foul uh, called against Anthony Davis, which is good, too. Get that guy in foul trouble. But you will get a ch- better chance of putting that ball in. So n- none of those mental lapses either. These guys, mm-hmm. I know they're young, but... It's not an excuse. That excuse is not allowed in the NBA Finals, unfortunately. Like, if you opt to play here, you you have to play the best you can and put yourself in the standards as the veterans if you want those starting minutes. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. And uh, it it starts with Jimmy Butler. Like um, something I found in in Game Four, and I was like talking to a dude at work who's a Heat fan too, and he mentioned it as well. Is Jimmy Butler was really aggressive in game three. And in game four, even in the first quarter, he was like five for five. But I just felt like he lacked, he was a little more passive, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I think in like, moving on this series, like, we might, this series might be over by the time people, like, this episode drops. But, like, Jimmy Butler has to be the most aggressive player on the court for the remainder of the series, however long it's going to go if the Heat stand a chance. And then, Obviously, like Duncan Robinson, Tyler here, they just got to keep shooting. And then after that, like, hopefully they find some sort of answer for Anthony Davis. Like, you got to find a way to contain him. Like, Anthony Davis has been an absolute monster on both ends of the floor. Like, he's like he did a great job on Jimmy Butler yesterday. Like, he's been really great offensively shooting, like, ridiculous. Like, over 60% for the series. Like, hitting threes, like, hitting turnaround fadeaways like dunking on people it's honestly remarkable which is why i believe he's the best power forward to ever play the game but um john like what do you think so kevin gave you gave us the keys for the heat tonight um before we move on what are your keys for the lakers tonight to end this end this series and get lebron his fourth ring honestly for the lakers they just need to do what they're continuing to do I think a big difference maker in that last game was putting Anthony Davis on Jimmy Butler. It was able to nullify Jimmy Butler's aggressiveness to an extent, and it also helped the Lakers' offense in terms of, you know, just moving the ball a little bit more. And, mm. you know, I, I, I don't want to talk about the Lakers too much because I think they've already had it in the bag. I think for Miami, what they can do potentially is put a guy like Kelly Olynyk into the starting lineup. I think his shooting has been, well, it's been pretty good. But I think Draymond Green talking about how no one's talking about Jay Crowder. Well, why isn't anyone talking about Kelly Olynyk? Kelly Olynyk was a big factor in how Anthony Davis got into foul trouble that last game, that game three game. So putting a guy like him in the lineup where he's going to bring some energy, he also brings floor spacing. I think that could be an adjustment that Spolstra can make. I mean, this podcast probably won't get out to Spolstra by the time uh, the game starts, <laughs> but unfortunately for him. But I think that's an adjustment that they could potentially make because at this point, the Heat, they just have to find an answer somewhere. And like we were saying in the last podcast, even I don't even know if they have any answers left. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. One thing is that I, I wouldn't put it past Spolstra. He, he, 
He's a brilliant man when it comes to coaches. There's a few coaches we, we say that are brilliant, but, you know, might be overhyped. But Spolster is one of those guys, you know, he loves the game and he understands the game down to the root of it, to the science. So there will be adjustments. But one of my biggest concerns is you can see the adjustments made in the last game where, you know, of course, Anthony Davis guarding Jimmy Butler, but they're really sagging off Jimmy because Jimmy doesn't have a strong shot from the three. Everybody mm, knows yes. that's a fact. But they're sagging off it. And they are Miami, they're not able to figure out a way to kind of maybe even like get somebody else open uh, just because that much pressure was taken up or get Jimmy to just attack the basket, take it to the mm. rim, finish at the rim if you have to, or just go in there, draw the foul. Like at this point, understand you have to put your body on the line. Like that, that that's it. So they have to figure out an answer for that. Rich, what did you, what did you think of like the defensive schemes that Lakers ran well, and how my, Miami is kind of trying to keep up with it? Well, like basketball is a game of adjustments. Like the Lakers, like the Miami Heat adjusted. They won game game three. The Lakers like ran it back, made their adjustments. Won game four. So now it's time for Miami to make the next adjustment and try to extend this series. I think with Jimmy Butler, um, yeah, obviously the plan is like if Jimmy Butler beats you, let him beat you with a shot because if. If he starts making his open uh, like perimeter shots, well, like what are you gonna do? Like you gotta play the percentages. You gotta. You'd rather him beat you from there than than get into like get to the basket, draw a foul, like finish finish at the cup and like hit an end one. You know. I feel like with Jimmy Butler though, and just like with the Lakers in general, like they have, they're probably the best. Um, team in terms of protecting the paint they're up there like the bucks were there the raptors were there and the los angeles lakers are right up there so when you have that much size as the lakers do with dwight howard and and um, lebron and anthony davis it's really really hard to attack the basket like obviously jimmy butler that's where he lives right and he lives and he's really great at um getting contact he's one of one of the best in the NBA at drawing contact. But, I mean, it takes a lot out of you driving into that. He's going to have to find a way. And, I mean, the Lakers are just so disciplined. They're just such a good defensive team. And, like, they have pieces offensively that can beat you. But defensively, top five team in the entire league. So there's just a lot here with the Lakers that I, I really don't know how the Miami Heat are going to be able to – like, I don't really know what they're going to be able to do here. Um, but that being said, if the Lakers do win tonight, Jared Dudley, NBA legend Jared Dudley, is going to get his first ring. Dwight Howard's going to get his first ring. DeMarcus Cousins is going to get his first ring. And a couple and a Bulls legend. He's not going to get his first ring. But, uh, Kev, did you know that Luau Dang is still getting paid? Oh, yeah. Through 2022? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think we talked about this a while ago, um, I, a few episodes ago. Yeah, Luol Deng is still on their on their paycheck. Yeah, man, secure the bag. What was it? It was like three year, like sixteen million a year or something like that. No, 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 four or five years, sixteen million a year that he that he bagged up a while ago before he got cut. Yeah, so I don't really know what that. I don't remember the contract, but right now it's it seems like he's making five million this season, five million next season, and five million the year after that. Shout out to that man. So, Respect. There we go. Um, this also might upset Kevin particularly, but yeah, I always hear that. Um, and I'm I'm not trying to take a shot at Jimmy Butler. 
I'm just genuine. No, I'm genuinely confused. Okay, what are we doing here? For years, Jimmy Butler is being called a championship player, mm-hmm. but he has no ring. This is his first time in the NBA Finals. Before that, he hasn't had much playoff success. He's probably going to lose these NBA Finals. There are so many other guys in like NBA history who are like superstars who've never won a ring, and they they get like literally shit on for not having a ring. Yet Jimmy Butler is called a championship player. Like everyone like is all over him, like his championship mentality, but he just never wins, you know? And partially it's the talent wasn't there. Like if Chicago was like injuries, like it's not his fault that Jimmy, um, that Derek Rose was hurt and like Luau Dang was, was slowly leaving his prime. But I don't know, that, that like kind of really confuses me. Like I, I would love to play with a guy like Jimmy Butler. He's like, one of those guys you that seems like you'd love to play for because he wants to win so much. But like there are other guys in NBA history who are similar, and they're being shit on for never winning a ring and never competing. Like Charles. Uh, other Barkley. guys like who? Chuck. Charles Barkley. Oh, dude! Old like old, back in the day, like Charles Barkley right now is he's like a clown on TV. But back in the day, that dude was that dude was serious. Round mound or something of rebound. Round mound of rebound. Yeah, round mound of rebound. Sure. Uh, okay. I, I don't, I don't say Jimmy Butler is a championship player. That's not, but for me, you have to earn the championship in order to get it. But the thing is that dude, people have disrespected Jimmy since his youth. This guy has never gotten the respect that he deserves. He seems to have to always go out there and earn his every single time. Even with like a super mass contract that he would get, he has to go out there and get it. And all he gets is, uh, his character problems personality problems meanwhile nobody ever takes takes a second to look at the situation that he's put in you know toxic mm-hmm. teams chicago bulls i love that team but at the same time i i i'll be the first one to admit our front office has been toxic for the longest time till this year so until we got arturas karsanov whatever his last name is anyways but we went since we let go of gar um, uh, Foreman and john paxson it's been good but until then it was toxic so i can understand and jimmy wanted to stay we didn't re-sign him and uh, we we traded him away because that's what Chicago was. They were stupid and toxic for the longest time, right? Next, he goes to the Minnesota. Dude, nobody wants to be in Minnesota, first of all. It's a bum city. And also, the team doesn't even want to win. You have guys like Carl Anthony Towns who, who'd rather play video games than step on the court and try, try his best. So, of course, there's a lot of work ethic issues. He tried his best over there. Jimmy took a bum Minnesota team into the playoffs. Dude, every single year. He's making it into the playoffs. I think he's only missed one year of playoffs since like 2012. That's the second year in the league. Like Jimmy yeah. Butler is the guy who, who will take like every single person into the playoffs if you put him on the team. Yeah. Like, like oh. whatever it is. I'm not calling him a championship player, but he is a damn good basketball player. And he deserves all the respect that he gets. And this playoff series, dude, win or lose. I don't care. Win or lose. Whatever happens. For Miami Heat, for Jimmy Butler, understand that Miami Heat, they have secured themselves as one of the best franchises in the league. To the point you're hearing rumors from like front offices everywhere that you know top top players are, are eyeing this team as a front runner in the free agency. A team like dude, a team like look at uh, Giannis in Milwaukee right now. 
he's he's saying, you know, like, I want to stay in Milwaukee, but there's a lot of rumors that if they don't surround him with talent or if they don't give him the opportunity to win, he might look for another team. And what's his first thought going to be? Oh, why don't I look for a team? First of all, a great market, which is uh, Miami. Second of mm-hmm. all, a great culture. Pat Riley surrounds every single player with winning mentality. Eric Spolster can coach the shit out of any, any single team. And a bunch of guys who can ball together, united. If, if we're so worried about Jimmy Butler's um, his personality issues, like you see games where Tyler Hero isn't going off, Duncan Robinson isn't going up, many other players, you know, another so-called championship player, James Harden, he he's willing to like cuss out his players when they're not playing well. Jimmy's able to pick up his teammates, put his team on the back, and t- take him to the finish line. Like, dude, shout out to John, Jimmy and shout out to Miami. No, no disrespect at all towards them at all. They don't deserve that. Yeah, John. Thoughts on Jimmy Butler? You know, Jimmy Butler being a championship-level player, I understand why people say that because he's one of the top competitors in the league, and he's also one of the hardest workers. You know, he worked his way up from being the 30th pick in the draft to being a star player on a team that's in the finals. And I think, too, people aren't giving Miami enough credit, I I feel, because even though they've made it all the way to the NBA Finals— the story has now become like, okay, LeBron's taking his fourth ring, but or is it fourth ring or third ring? I've, I've lost no, count at this point. Fourth. Like, fourth yeah, ring. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so the fact that this Miami team came out to the playoffs and knocked out the number one seed in the league, that's already like very shocking and very worthy of praise. That, that's the league MVP. That also won the defensive player in the same year. And that hasn't been done since Hakeem Olajuwon. Like that, there's levels to this. And the fact that Miami was able to do that, and then they were able to take out a talented, talented Boston Celtics team, as painful as, as it is to say for me as a Raptors fan, that's just crazy to me. And then in this NBA Finals, you know, Jimmy Butler had the game of a lifetime. 40-point triple-double to win a game in the NBA Finals versus the Lakers. Like, that performance is going to go down as, like, one of the best performances in NBA Finals history. It's going to be up there with Allen Iverson in 2001 versus the Lakers. It's going to go down with a bunch of other Finals performances. But that one has to be at least top five without thinking about it too hard. So, Mm -hmm. you know, even though the Lakers are on the verge of taking this series and probably will have taken this series by the time you're hearing this, you got to respect Jimmy Butler's talent and work ethic and his basketball excellence, to say the mm-hmm. least. Because he, he doesn't have a championship yet, but, you know, I wouldn't be surprised down the road if he does get one. Because it, it's mm-hmm. only a matter of time before hard work is eventually rewarded. And it, it is hard to win a championship in the NBA. Like, there's guys like Charles Barkley... You know, Carl Malone, John Stockton. There's guys that go for their entire careers where they're really excellent basketball players, but they just can't win the championship because there's that one guy that continues to win championships in, in an era where they're just dominant. So there's guys like Jordan, you know, um, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, and then same with LeBron. He's been very dominant in this era too. And then you got to go up against like, you know, one year you're up against the KD Golden State Warriors with Steph Curry and, you know, Clay Thompson. The, the window for a championship is so slim in the NBA, especially now when there's these super teams. 
And it's not going to be easier next year either because Kevin Durant's coming back with Kyrie. You know, the East is going to be stacked next year too. So I, f- I feel like people warranting you know, Jimmy Butler as a championship-level player, I'm not offended by it at all. I think he deserves the praise because he's definitely earned it. Yeah. Let's go. Let's just go, John. That hype Kevin up. And, like, just moving moving into, like, the offseason and, like, the trajectory of both of these teams, I feel like I really hate the, the argument that the Miami Heat are currently playing with house money. I really dislike that because, like, you get to the NBA Finals at this point, like, who cares if it's house money or not? Like, you're three wins away from a championship. Like, if you don't win this, it's going to fucking suck. But I think just, like, looking towards the future for both these teams, like, you look at the Lakers, yeah, they have LeBron. He's 35, and I have no idea when he's going to start declining, you know? But you look at the rest of that team, and everybody is a free agent. Anthony Davis has a player player's option. He's obviously going to opt out and try to get a max contract. Whether he stays in Los Angeles or not, nobody really knows at this point. Like I would assume he will stay, but who knows? Um, Danny Green is still still there for one more year, and I mean Danny Green has been hit or missed this season. Uh, KCP is a free agent. Um, Rajon Rondo is a free agent. Dwight Howard's a free agent. Like a lot of these guys aren't going to be there. And it seems like like the core of the Lakers is like getting older. It's, and there's not a lot of young guys coming up with this team. They don't have like draft picks where they can like pick up like a high upside guy. But then you look at a team like Miami, and like Kevin mentioned, every it seems like everybody will be flocking to Miami and, and free agency, and like rightfully so. Like like Mickey Arison, who owns the team, is one of the best owners in the NBA. Like Pat Riley is one of the most renowned names in basketball. Like Eric Spolster is one of the best coaches in the game. And you have like this great balance. And like we discussed this on so many different episodes of this podcast, like the, the Heat have this perfect balance of veteran leadership and youth where you can see like, okay, they have like a Jimmy Butler, like an Andre Godala, where you have like talent and, and experience. And then you have like, and like Bam Adebayo, who's really blown up this season, and like Tyler Hero, who now looks like like Devin Booker 2.0, and like Duncan Robinson, who looks like every other white guy who comes out of Michigan University, you know? So I'm um, just really curious to see what happens to both teams moving forward because the Lakers, they're just going to have to attract guys who like, oh my God, LeBron, I want to play with him and try to win a chip. And it sucks because these teams, like these types of organizations, will always have that opportunity. Like you don't have to be a, I don't feel like you have to be a great GM to be like, it's LA, it's California, I have LeBron. Do you want to win a championship, yay or nay? But then with a team like Miami, like it's really interesting to see how they're going to just like keep building what they currently have. Like, they're going to have some sort of flexibility with their contract. Like, Goran Dragic is coming off the books. Like, they're obviously planning on on making a big run in, in free agency in a couple of years. So, I guess my question for you guys is, like, which team is better positioned moving forward? Like, obviously, Miami being super attractive for many reasons, but then the Lakers because they have LeBron. And he, as we know, kind of, like, cancels out all of the negatives that happen in organizations which is honestly remarkable go ahead kev 
I want to say Miami. I, w- I want I want to f- like just have faith in players and their decision making to make the best decision for themselves. But I feel like there's going to be players out there who just want to ride the coattails of LeBron. And I know it's a very unfair thing to say, but at the same time, like that is what it is. Like Alex Caruso wouldn't be Alex Caruso without LeBron James. Like. He, the, they're going to offer LeBron James. They're going to offer Lakers. Both are really good markets. Both are, uh, you know, both, uh, both have star players, but Lakers have LeBron. So I would say players will go to LeBron James. But the smart players, if they want to win, I, they have to choose Miami. Miami is the best because there's no there's no ego there. You don't have to worry about going in there worrying about like, oh, am I going to get my shots? Am I going to be the superstar? Whatever it is. That's not the way it is. It's usually like when someone's down, next man step up. That's all it is. Like every every night's gonna have a different superstar. You just go out there and play together in a good systematic basketball game and win. That would be the best option. Like I would love to see a guy like Giannis in Miami. That would be sick. But who knows? A man can only dream. Mm. You know, I I would want to say a Lakers too because you know LeBron is the great equalizer in the NBA right now. But, you know, he is 35 years old, I, th- I think, anyway. He, he's he's nearing the end of his prime years, and I wouldn't be surprised if LeBron takes a dip in an, in a year or two just because, you know, father time is undefeated. And we'll see if LeBron can still produce at that level. But I have to say Miami is pretty set in their future because they already have two young stars in Bam Adebayo and Tyler Hero. And... Like you guys were saying, the Heat have the best culture in the NBA. There's, it's, it's no coincidence why LeBron James went to Miami after leaving Cleveland because Miami has had the best front office, had the best ownership, had the best coach or one of the best coaches in the league, and he joined that culture and he fit really well there too. And I think a lot of stars can see themselves the same way, fitting within. Miami's culture like a guy like Giannis would love to play for Miami because they're all about hard work and Giannis is one of those guys that's a grinder you know he's always working on his game and he's always striving to be better so he would fit very well in a place like Miami and Mm -hmm. if you even think about it too like they have they have so much cap space coming up in in the 2021 free agency class the fact that they can add a max player along with their current like roster you know Granted, Dragic might not be back, but Kendrick Nunn he might he might pull through and develop a little bit. But even if he doesn't, he's just he was a second round pick, you know, or not even a second round. I think he was undrafted. He's an undrafted signing for them, and they're finding guys like him and you know Duncan Robinson. You can trust in an organization like that when they're able to find talent without having to use a draft pick, and that's very very um, it's very. I'm I'm at a loss for words right now. Um, it's just very uh, satisfying to see the team like this being able to build up their team this way, and the fact that they're a big market and they can still build their team like they're a small market team. That's just the best of both worlds. Like you're looking at like a a team with a culture like San Antonio or Toronto, but they're just playing in a better market. So it seems like the best of both worlds to me. Yeah, but and, what if they run into another Lakers, another superstar team? Like, the, the, Miami worked in order to be here. 
they, they scouted properly, they developed their players properly, and they coached properly in order to get here. But you know how much it would suck just going and facing a LeBron James and Anthony Davis and getting knocked out just because it is LeBron James and Anthony well, Davis? Well, Kev, that's been the league for, I mean, over a decade. Like, my <sighs> answer to that question, I honestly think Miami is a more attractive destination than L.A. Because, like, the Lakers are going to get into the offseason. Their goal is going to be to re- re-sign Anthony Davis. And, like, I feel like they're going to be able to do it. Once you do that, your cap space is, like, gone. After that, you're going to have to go for, like, mid-level exception guys, sign, like, old dudes who are, like, winding down and want to win. You know, like, no, even if you want to win and you're, like, in the prime of your career, you're not going to come to the Lakers because, like, you know that even if you're an average player, like, this is when I can cash in. I won't be able to cash in later, right? So, but then you look at a team like Miami, and we've mentioned just how great their culture is, how great their player development is, like, how awesome the market is. You get to live in South Beach, and it's, like, I don't know a single bad thing about Miami. And, like, I'm just looking at their payroll past this season like Goran Dragic is coming off the books and maybe he was about he was going to sign like a one-year extension with like with the Miami Heat kind of like what um Kyle Lowry did with the Raptors but now who knows because he tore his plantar fascia I know what he's 34 you have no idea how he's going to come back from this Solomon Hill is coming off the books his 13 million dollars Myers Myers Leonard his 11 million dollars is coming off the books Jay Crowder you know like Udonis Asam might retire. He might stop stop finessing Miami Heat for like the $2.5 million he gets every single season, you know? And then like, when all of that is gone and you look at their, like they're still paying like Ryan Anderson, like $5 million for the next like few years. But like, if you look at their contract situation, you really just have Jimmy Butler and Andre Godala. And, I mean, Kelly Olynyk might opt into his player option for next season, but by 2021, he's going to be a free agent. And the biggest question the Miami Heat are going to have in that free agent class, the big one, is what are we going to do with Bam Adebayo? Because Bam Adebayo is going to be set up for his, like, rookie-scale extension in 2021. And, like, you have to assume that, obviously, because he's a restricted free agent, he's going to re-signed with the Miami Heat in 2021. What is Miami's cap situation in um, in free agency? But honestly, like, this is a... I think this team is, like, set up really, really well. It's incredible because, like, a few years ago, you look at the Miami Heat and they gave out, like, weird contracts to, like, James Johnson and, um, God, like, Dion Waiters got a, a big contract and you're like, what the hell? And, like, Hassan Whiteside blocked a few shots and he got like 100 million dollar contract um so now all of these bad contracts are gone and they're they're ready to compete and they have like a good balance of guys who don't make that much money like they can bring back like a Derek jones to fill out the bench for not a lot of money and Derek jones can step in and he can score a tiny bit but you can also like defend really really well so i'm gonna i think the miami heat are an interesting um and very interesting spot for free agents. Um, before we, uh, as we start to wrap things up, um, there's this one thing I saw on Twitter, and I was curious to know your guys' opinion before we get to football. 
let's say the if the Miami Heat of 2019 at the Toronto Raptors of 2018 in the NBA Finals, who wins that series? Wait, the Miami Heat? Yeah, like, like this, this Miami, Miami Heat. Like this okay. Miami versus last year's Toronto Raptors team. I saw this on uh, on Twitter today, and I know we, we should probably talk about the Raptors like briefly, so there's my Raptors question. Um, Kawhi? Yeah, we, we would have Kawhi. The, like the, the, the starting lineups will be Goran versus Kyle, Danny Green versus Duncan Robinson, Jimmy Butler versus Kyle, Kawhi Leonard, which would be insane. And then um, Jay Crowder and Pascal, and then Marcus Saul and Bam Adebayo. And then you, uh, yeah, like if the players are playing the way they played in like the respective seasons, yes. I mean, I, I don't want to be like biased to the Raptors, but I, I really feel like the Raptors are the better team. They're more complete, just in terms of their offense. Like, you know, a guy like Jimmy Butler, we're just going to sag off of him, too, the same way the Lakers are doing. And, you know, Jimmy versus Kawhi, that's a very intriguing matchup, but we've seen it play out before. And, I mean, it was a close close series, and it was decided by, like, one buzzer beater that hit the rim four times. But I think this, this series is interesting because there's that athleticism of Bam Adebayo, and you wonder if Marcus Saul can stretch the floor a little bit, you know? Will Danny Green be the Danny Green we saw in the playoffs last year and this year? So it's pretty intriguing, but I think the Raptors' defensive capabilities would probably take over in this series. Like, Kyle Lowry's not going to let Goran Dragic score 20 points or 25 in multiple games in this series. He'll probably have, like, one or two games where he does that, but Kyle Lowry's not going to let him do that. And we also got, you know, Danny Green on the perimeter hounding the defense. We can put Kawhi on anybody we want. And, you know, we got Pascal also to be a, a very engaged defender. And he's going to play a lot better, too, as the second option on the team. Not having the pressure of being the number one guy, he's going to succeed. And then, you know, we still got our bench with Fred, Norm, and then Serge. I think this Raptors team is too deep, honestly. And I also saw something the other day or the other week where they were talking about how the 2019 championship Raptors versus the 2020 Lakers. So maybe we could talk about that after. Okay. So um, first of all, I think you guys are going about this the wrong way where it's not going to be, we're not matching up Goran with Kyle or, you know, Duncan Robinson with Fred Van Vliet or whatever. Both of these guys they're really good defensive I, teams. In a sense, it's never going to be what? I just I just meant like those were, would have been the starting lineups. I wasn't really yeah, like of course. matching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, in, in that case, yeah. But whatever it is, it's it's going to be zone defenses that either of these guys run because it's very tough to stop a guy like um, Kyle Lowry or a Kawhi Leonard or Pascal Siakam one-on-one. You, you really have to resort to the zone defense, which Miami has been able to implement quite well. And you know... Uh, on a team like uh, Toronto, they're also able to play zone really well. But one thing we know about Toronto is they give up a lot of threes. And they're okay with giving up threes. But we never know. With the, with the Danny Green, who's a really good perimeter defender then, and also Kawhi Leonard, who's a really, arguably one of the greatest perimeter defending guards of all time, uh, they, they might have been able to shut down Miami. But you know, just because they have the better player in Kawhi Leonard, I would give Toronto Raptors the edge on that. But as John said, you know, there was no uh, the real discussion here is in the finals if they had faced LeBron James, well, what what would have been the outcome of that game? Would Raptors have been, been a champion? 
Well, keep in mind, the one thing we didn't mention here is we got, like, father strength Freddie Van Vliet last year, too. Yeah. So Freddie last year was, like, 100 million times better than what he was during the season last year, right? Yeah, but we have so, swag guy Tyler Hero. Yeah, and yeah, also, I don't know about that. Also, what do you mean my, you don't know about that? Dior, I, baby. He's good, but he's not Fred Senior good, man. Like, Fred Fred could not miss once he had his kid. Yeah, and then also consider this. Patrick McCaw is still 3-3, three and 3-for-3 three, three 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 in NBA three plays when played outside of the bubble. He's still 3-for-3 in the finals regardless. Bubble so. basketball? Sorry? Are we talking bubble basketball too? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, no, I'm controlling the narrative here, Kev. Okay, so no bubble basketball. No, 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 no bubble basketball. Ever like, we have there's fans. Patrick McCaw is healthy this year. He had his knee injury, so he wasn't even inside the bubble. He was never no there. No LeBron James. Yeah, yeah. no LeBron. Yeah. Oh, we we benefited from that. But to answer you know, your if question, there's no LeBron James, it's Toronto Raptors year. That's always been the case. I, but like you, you asked LeBron, like LeBron's Lakers versus the twenty nineteen, the twenty nineteen um, Toronto Raptors. Honestly, I think it would be LeBron's Lakers. I think they're, yeah. I think they're really good, and they would have like I don't I, until I I haven't seen LeBron get like when LeBron is in the playoffs. I need to see him get beat. To believe that he can get beat, you know, like, like I can, like I can believe everyone else losing in the playoffs. But with like whenever LeBron's in the playoffs, it's like they have a chance to win a championship every single season. Like I need to see a team actually beat him four out of seven times to actually believe that a team can beat LeBron. That's it's been done thing. before, though. It's been done before, and obviously, like the the Golden State Warriors did with a super team. The Raptors last year were in the Golden State Warriors. Um, what? How have the Raptors done in the postseason against LeBron? Not well. No one's done well against LeBron in the postseason. That's I the mean, thing. some teams have. Okay, some Spurs. teams have. Yeah, Spurs have. Uh, superpower Golden State team has. Like Some yeah, teams have. Okay, let's just say that. But at the same time, like, LeBron has to spell over Eastern teams. Eastern mm-hmm. teams stand no chance against LeBron. Yeah. It's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. But that's the, but the thing is, like, even if LeBron was in the West all these years, I don't think Western Conference teams would have had a chance against LeBron either. Unless you're like the Golden State Warriors who like build up what they had. But like LeBron James was in the finals for ten years. It's like, yeah, the the East wasn't always great, but I think he could have beaten so many of the teams out West too. Like Re- LeBron yeah. is that good, and I mean, so, yeah, I don't I don't see. It. I don't think the Raptors could have beaten a healthy Lakers team with Anthony Davis and um, and LeBron James in the finals, especially with like playoff Rondo going off. I don't know. It, I, don't think, I don't think Rondo goes off in that series. I don't think the Lakers supporting cast go, goes off as crazy as they have been in the Miami series versus that 2019 Raptors team. Like people, people talk about how good that Raptors team was defensively, but I think like all time they were probably like one of the best perimeter defense teams in nba history just the way they were able to like switch like the defense was just so strong and i think they definitely give the lakers a run for their money i mean 
it's hard to bet against LeBron, but there there is ways to beat him. Like he's not unbeatable necessarily. He he definitely wins most of the time, but mm-hmm. it, you know, with a guy like Kawhi Leonard, he's probably the only guy in the world that can stand a chance against LeBron James one on one. So you have to give the Raptors that. They have that guy. And yeah. in terms of Anthony Davis, well, no one's gonna stop him like, you know, one on one necessarily. So you throw different looks at him, whether it's double teams or you just use single coverage with some help defense coming over. You just got to switch up the looks. And the the Raptors were one of the versatile defensive teams. And they were also a good three-point shooting team, unlike, you know, the Miami Heat right now anyway. So I, I think it's, you know, I, I don't want to pick the Raptors and then everybody's going to say, oh, there goes John again, the, the Raptors fan that will die by the Raptors' side. But, you know, I do think they could win that series. Mm-hmm. Well, on that note, let's wrap things up here, guys. Um, a lot of basketball talk. Let's finish up with some football. John's time to shine. Um, Kev, how do you want to? Or do you do you want to go with our our picks first, and then have uh, John close this out? Where's Kevin? Kevin, I'm right here. Go. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah, you, you're here. Kevin, you were right, going yeah. first. So, yeah, no, my bad, my bad. I had to choose, so I muted you guys so I could choose. Anyways. No, you're, no you're, you're good, dog. Um, but, like, John's, John's segment this week is called, uh, what, what was it? John's Pixology? We, oh, it was, Pixology, like, yeah. It, it was uh, Pixreverse, uh, Pixreverseology. Reverse Pixology. Reverse Pixology. There we go. So do you yeah. want... Do you want to wrap things up with John's pick and we'll go first? Let's do it. Okay, Kev, you want to go first with your picks? (sighs) Okay, so I'm going to go right over to Carolina Panthers versus Atlanta Falcons. One thing I know, I don't trust them dirty birds down south. So I'm going to take Carolina Carolina Panthers plus 2.5. Next, I have Cincinnati Bengals versus Baltimore Ravens. Cincinnati Bengals with Joe Burrows have uh, beat the spread every single game so far. So I'm going to take Cincinnati Bengals to beat the plus three point, uh, plus 13 spread. Next, mm-hmm. we have the Cardinals versus the Jets. The Jets are a shit show. They thought they had COVID this week. They're cleared, but, you know, that team is just absolutely abysmal. So I'm going to take Cardinals minus seven on this one. Last mm-hmm. but not least, um, here we go. We have... Uh, oh, Indiana uh, Colts versus Browns. I'm gonna okay. take Browns plus one. Okay. My four. Uh, actually, picks. actually, I have a one second. I have a bonus pick in here too. Bonus pick. Okay. I have to throw this in there. I'm sorry. Giants versus Cowboys. I'm gonna take Cowboys minus eight point five. Giants suck. Giants suck. You know it's gonna be a revenge game. It's 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 personal for Jason Garrett. It's super personal yeah. for Jason Garrett. But. They mm-hmm. have Danny Dimes, who's going to get absolutely ripped apart. I, I hope Dallas runs down like 40 points on them, like 40 to nothing. That would be sick. So th- those are my picks with a bonus on top. Okay. My picks, I, I also had the Dallas Cowboys. I think this is – there's a, a few tough games here, but I think we're going to find out a lot about some of these teams in terms of how we, we're going to gamble on them moving forward. So those two of those teams are the Dallas Cowboys and the Arizona Cardinals. I'm going to take the Cowboys to cover. They have to. Playing against the Giants. Don't 
don't give me this this bullshit. You got to cover that. Same thing with the Cardinals. Plus seven, uh, minus seven. You got to cover that game as well. Um, next up for me, um, I actually have the Vikings. Prime time. I know it's it's Kirk Cousins in prime time, but it's a seven point spread. Seattle Seahawks secondary has been horrible. I think the Seahawks are going to be able to win, but I don't think they're going to blow out Minnesota. And Minnesota, they've won their their last game. I believe it was their last game. Might have been two games ago, but I don't think they're that bad to get blown out by Seattle. So I'm going to go with the Vikings plus seven. And then to wrap things up, I'm going to go with the Raiders plus 12.5. Massive spread. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I think the Raiders aren't that bad. And I think over the past couple of weeks, the Chiefs haven't looked like world beaters. I think the Chiefs are going to win this game. I think it's going to be tighter than 12.5. I'm going to go Raiders plus 12.5. That's my four picks. John, are you ready to go? Let's do this, man. Let's do this. Okay. Kev, you want want to throw them the first of four games? No, no, you throw the first. I have the last one to close it off, so you you go with the first one. Okay, sure. We got, let's see here, Jacksonville versus the Houston Texans. Houston's a six-point favorite at home. Not that, like, home field advantage really matters this year. What's what's Jacksonville's, uh, they're the Jaguars, right? Yep. Oh, boy. Oh, no. Okay, I, I got my, I got two fingers on each of my temples. I'm trying to tap into my uh, abilities here. I I think I'm going with Jacksonville, the Jaguars. Let's go. Damn. So remember, guys, reverse pixology. So bet whoever I'm I'm betting against. Or bet whoever I have against. Okay. Okay. So we're taking the Texans. Locked. Okay, next one. Uh, Primetime game, Minnesota Vikings versus Seattle Seahawks. Seattle's favored by seven points. Mm, okay, so I I wrote that one down when um Rich was talking about it. I I'm going with like any bird teams this week. So Seahawks, let's go. Okay. Damn. Okay. That Rich, you gotta feel reassuring, reassured feel, right now with your Vikings pick right now. I feel I feel good. Okay. That's my cool. next okay. pick. My next pick. We're going to go with a Pennsylvania game. Pittsburgh Steelers versus the Philadelphia Eagles. The Steelers are the home team. They're a seven-point favorite. Mm. I did say, I did just say I was going to go birds this week, but I got to go with the Steelers, man. Got to go with the Steelers. <laughs> okay. Last one, we have the Los Angeles Rams versus Washington football team. The uh, Rams yes. are favorited by... Uh, seven points as well. Fuck, fuck, man. I want to root <laughs> for my boys at the Washington football team, but... Don't do it, Dan. I'm going Rams. I'm going Rams. Damn it! John, before you make that... Before you lock that prediction in, I think we it's fair for us to give you one little nugget. No, I'm sure you know no about this because... Wait, wait, Kev, Kev. Look, I'm sure John knows about this because... The Washington football team are his team, but you guys had a switch at the quarterback position, so Dwayne Haskins is no longer your starting quarterback. You guys are rolling with Kyle Allen this weekend. Yeah. Does that change? Tiny hands. Tiny hands. No, 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 Rich, stop, 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 stop. You can't do that. No, Rich, Rich, no, no. 
We cannot that, throw that in. That does not change my mind. Exactly. We, my we cannot, we, they're locked exactly. in right from the moment I hear the two teams. Like exactly. Right from that moment, I'm like, okay, let me think about it. All right, there. Boom. That's it. Exactly. What's our picks this week? We got, we got Eagles Texans. plus seven. We got uh-huh. Rams. Uh-huh. No, we got Washington plus seven. Mm-hmm. We got the Vikings. Texans plus six. And no, we got my, the no, no. Texans minus six, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, my bad. Yep, we got Texans yeah. minus six. We got Eagles plus seven. We got Washington plus seven, and then Minnesota plus seven. That's the yeah. reverse pixology for this week. Okay, one second. Just, just a, okay. One so, thing, Richard, we have to understand is that this is just—it's the most sure. It's the surest thing out there. We cannot throw yeah. any outside factors towards him. He—he he has a feel for this. You know, some people that are so gifted. With having yeah. a feel towards something, he has that. Let's not question yep. it right now. He's a little oracle. But um, yep. quick little factoid to uh, John. Uh, so you picked the Seahawks to win. Um, yep. So Minnesota, which is, of course we're all you know betting on, has this guy named Kirk Cousins or primetime primetime Cousins, who is their quarterback, who has proven in the primetime games, which is the eight twenty game, the late game on Sundays, he has been terrible. He has been the worst quarterback uh, during those hours. So if you helped Kirk Cousins break that uh, shackle that's on him, you have a gift. You have an absolute gift. Yo, he better cut the check. <laughs> he has to. Kirk I'm Cousins charging if that happens. <laughs> I, this is incredible. I, I, just, I just placed my bet. It's locked yep. in. It's done. That's it. Here we go. Um, anyways, guys, on that note, this has been a great episode. Again, ballandroll.com, your spot for the best basketball content on the web. Shop.ballandroll.com, your spot for the hottest basketball merch on the web. Check both of those out. We're going to be back at some point next week. Enjoy game five. You're going to hear this tomorrow after game five, but I hope you enjoy game five. This has been the Ball and Roll Pick'em Pod. Peace. Peace. Peace.